Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, back on the hotline, hour number two. We move our attention to University of Miami basketball with University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. Kane's coming off a tough one last night. 68-64 loss to Notre Dame. Back on the road on Saturday against Virginia at 5 p.m. Coach L, good evening to you. Hi, Joe Z. How are you tonight? I'm good. I got my Wordle word correct today. <laughs> How long did it take you? Uh, it took me four four tries. Yeah, me too. I won't tell my, everybody the word. My wife did it in three, but this did you see Wardle was sold to the New York Times, so yes. yeah. I, I don't know if things are going to be changing. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, okay, last night uh, just seemed like, uh, first of all, let's start with the, the positive. You had, you had another, another really good crowd, especially with the students. That was great to see. Yeah, the students were great. I think it's the largest student turnout in many a year, maybe in school history. There's like 2,400 students there. Yeah, and they were uh, enthused. They bring so much energy to the building. That's that's uh, When you see a turnout like that from the students, you can see what the difference is because uh, they bring that youthful energy and character and all those other things really create a nice buzz inside the building. What's so disappointing, Joe, is, you know, with that kind of crowd, that kind of student support, both at, uh, in our Florida State game and the Notre Dame game, and we lost them both, our only two losses at home here in the ACC, and tough, very yeah. tough. I, you know, I, I wish we could have pulled that out last night, just like I wish we could have pulled out that Florida State game. We were down one, had the ball, and a chance to to win it and, and couldn't do it, so... You know, we gotta you gotta bounce back and and uh, get back on the winning track. What, what do you think it was uh, that swung the game in their favor? You went up by four in the second half, but then they had a very quick answer. Well, I I think Joe, for the first time in a very long time, our energy level was not as high as it's been. You know, normally our effort at the defensive end of the floor is really outstanding, and we're forcing a lot of turnovers. Last night, we weren't able to do that to Notre Dame. Now, some of the credit goes to Notre Dame because they have very skilled offensive players. But when I looked at it, I, I just felt like uh, the, the season, I told you, is a marathon, and, and we hit the wall. Yeah. And uh, hopefully uh, today we talk to the team uh, hopefully the energy will be there on Saturday when we're at UVA. 
you know, I do think, uh, and you mentioned uh, over and over that this is a marathon. When the University of Miami first joined the ACC, it was 16 games. Then it went to 18, and now it's 20. We are in the second half of the season, but it is a grind, and I do think that every team has a game in terms of energy like, like yours did last night, just kept trying to find something, but never really got into the rhythm of the game. Yeah. You know, now with 20-game schedule in the league, we're starting in early December. Yeah. We played we played uh, Clemson on December the 4th. We played NC State uh, late December, I think the 29th, and then we played Wake Forest on January 1st. So by January, we'd already played three conference games. And what I talked to the team about today, what the coaching staff really discussed with the team was what a long season it is and how different this season is from, let's say, a football season. And and, uh, in football, you know you're going to play one a game. I mean, I'm sorry, one game a week. In basketball, you could play two or three games. And in November, we played three games in four days. The ACC tournament could be three or four games in in, uh, consecutive days. So basketball scheduling is a lot different. It's a grind. And I think for a very long time, our first 10 conference games, our energy level was very high. Guys are in great shape. But I think they're a little bit worn down right now. Joe, I mentioned to you earlier in the year, we're not a big, strong physical team. The other teams we're playing are much bulkier than us. For example, the University of Virginia's Five man who starts weighs about 245, and the guy who subs for him is about 240, and their power forward weighs 246. So there's a lot of beef on that UVA front line, whereas our biggest guy, Sam Mordenberg, is 6'10, 215, and Jordan Miller is 6'6, uh, about 200 pounds. Yeah, Cafaro for Virginia is 231 pounds, 7 foot 1. Shedrick is 6'11. He's 231 pounds, as you mentioned. And then uh, uh, Gardner, he's 6'6 and nearly 250. He's their uh, leading scorer at 14.5 points a game. So uh, you have some size there. And that was probably a, a problem last night with Atkinson, right? I mean, he just he has scored 28 points and had 18 rebounds in his previous two games. He, he was playing well going in, and then last night he couldn't miss again. Well, what happened last night is our, our total uh, game plan was to try to limit their threes, and we did that. They were, I think, one for 11 uh, or one for 15 at one point, yeah. and, and we were doing a good job, but it opened up the – uh, lane area for him and he was able to get one-on-one inside and go to work and he's a big fella probably six nine i don't know 230 or 40 and uh, we were not able to slow him down and then in the second half the uh prentice hub made some critical threes uh goodwin stepped up and made some critical shots probably the most important shot in the game was uh, goodwin uh, after they got an offensive rebound with one second on the shot clock, under a minute to play, Goodwin hit a free throw line jumper, and, and that kind of sealed our fate. Yeah. Um, 
we'll talk about Notre Dame with just one more uh, question or two because we, we haven't had a chance to talk since Virginia Tech, so we got to go backwards. But um, last night also two things occurred that were very rare for your team. One, that uh, your three guards did not uh, accumulate a bunch of points. Cam struggled last night, three for 12, one for six from the floor. Charlie Moore, while he had 12 points, he was he was five for 15. So those three were, were struggling trying to score, and then you couldn't get to the free throw line last night. Uh, you were in jeopardy of having the first ACC game ever by Miami with no free throws. You ended up with six hey, free I, throws, but... <laughs> that's the energy... Joe, yeah. when you're in an aggressive attack mode, you're going to get to the rim. And we just did not do that last night. Again, some of the credit goes to Notre Dame's defense. They're a team that doesn't foul. And we kept emphasizing to our players to get inside the defense and attack, but it, it just wasn't there. You know, players are human beings who have their ups and downs. You know, they, they have the issues that they have to deal with. They're not machines. And Cam Augusti is about as consistent a player as there is in the ACC. And he just had an off night. And it's, you know, something that we haven't seen in a very long time from him. And uh, I think he knows it. And I'm sure he will bounce back on Saturday. But uh, we needed other guys to step up. I thought Anthony Walker stepped up. I thought Bensley Joseph did a good job, and I wish they could have given Wilga Poplar more playing time because I think he's, he's really coming around. But uh, Sam Wardenberg uh, sprained his ankle and was, not, was ineffective in the second half, and we're going to need him at 100%. So he spent most of his time in the training room today and getting that ankle treated so he can be full go come Saturday. Cam Mcgusty, by the way, has had uh, one of the great seasons, I think, at the University of Miami. He's been in double figures in every game except two, and I believe the number now is seven 20-plus games that, that he's put together. Uh, he's had one of the all-time great single seasons for the University of Miami, at least, uh, I don't know, uh, very comparable uh, to what Sheldon McClellan did his senior year. Exactly. And I think, you know, the way Cam Augusti has played, it is similar to a Sheldon McClellan or a Davon Reed. Because if you look last night, uh, Cam is, is our best rebounder, and he struggled to get rebounds last night. Yeah. So um, the Notre Dame game, we're going to have to put that one behind us, Joe. Uh, let's look back at Virginia Tech because that was one whale of a game. <laughs> Uh, in Blacksburg, and uh, we haven't had a chance to talk uh, about Charlie Moore's game-winning shot. Well, let's uh, let's go to to Virginia Tech for a moment. Uh, that and when we were talking, uh, you and I before the game, we commented that that's that place is so hard to to win in because you can build a lead, but no lead is ever safe. They just always just keep coming at you and coming at you. So in order to win, your team has to have great mental fortitude, which I thought your team displayed. Uh, I think so as well, Joe. And again, we had to come from behind in that game. We were down, uh, not early. It, it seesawed back and forth. I forget what the halftime score was now. Uh, but it was, I think it was like a two-point game, right? 
Yeah. And then in the second half, uh, again, it seesawed for a while. Then they pulled ahead by six. We had to fight our way back to a tie with 1.8 seconds to go. And uh, us with the ball on the sideline. And uh, it was a great defensive effort. Jordan Miller got a defensive rebound. Uh, we were expecting to call a quick timeout, but Jordan took a dribble or two and then called the timeout. So we got it on the sideline, which ended up being critical to the play that we called. And those fans, I, I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, but those who didn't, we got it outside uh, the uh, um, right next door to the Virginia Tech bench. Right. And, Joe, I don't know if you saw me, but just as they were yes. about to give the ball to Cam <laughs> McGusty, I waved to um, Mike Young, their coach, to get out of the way. He was standing up like he was inbounding the ball. Yeah, I saw you were waving uh, toward uh, Cam. Yeah, and I was waving to Mike, hey, get out of the way, you're in his way, because I didn't know what kind of pass Cam was going to have to throw, maybe a baseball pass or a chess pass, a bounce pass. Anybody that's even in his vicinity could could be a distraction. And Mike laughed and then backed up a little bit, and then when the ref gave Cam the ball, Sam Wardenberg set a screen for Charlie Moore. Charlie ran off that screen at top speed. Cam hit him with a beautiful pass. Jordan Miller and Isaiah Wong were already down the floor in the corners in case we had a rifle pass to them. And we hit Charlie Moore, and in stride, he took one dribble and banked in a half-court shot for the win, 78-75. And those are... Those are very memorable, memorable games, Joe, because you remember two years ago it was a triple overtime. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid when we go there next year, I'm going to take a, some kind of heart machine with me or something, uh, a defibrillator, I guess I'll need, um, because the last three times you've played there, it's come down to the wire. As you mentioned, two years ago, triple overtime. This one, Charlie banks it in. But in order to to get to that point, uh, you're right, it was 36-31 at halftime. Um, they had a chance at the end of the game, and you guys did a really good job. You got Couture, who, by the way, the next game against Florida State, Couture went crazy from three-point range. You got Couture moving to his right, kind of got him off his mark on his shot to win the game. Yeah, they ran a beautiful play. They love Couture coming off a staggered double screen. He starts in the left corner as you face the basket. The staggers, it's the two big guys running at his defender, and he just comes off what we call run and shoot. He, he, it like, like Duncan Robinson does for the Miami Heat, uh, Couture does for the Virginia Tech Hokies. He ran off. Cam Augusty was step for step with him. He was just a little off balance, which made his shot go to the left. Jordan Miller got that rebound, and then got, we got the timeout. But, you know, last year here, we were up three, and Couture got that, that screen the screen of action and made a three to tie it and put it into overtime. So our game's with Virginia Tech, and we've got them coming up again, except this time at the Watsco Center, Joe. And uh, we play them twice every year. They're one of our, our consistent rivals along with Florida State. So we're going to have to get ready again for – 
Kevi Aluma and Couture. And then uh, after that game, maybe this is why your energy wasn't quite where you wanted it last night. It was back on the road last week. It was an early game, Georgia Tech. Uh, so the Virginia Tech game, uh, we came back to Coral Gables early in the morning, had, I think, one day home, uh, off to Atlanta, uh, early rise, a 12 o'clock tip-off in Atlanta. Uh, that game he led 36-28 at the intermission. Really, the end of the first half, bridge with the beginning of the second half, put Georgia Tech away. Uh, they forced you into a couple of probably more turnovers than you would have liked. Uh, but nonetheless, your team was able to, uh, to fend them off. Well, Joe, I think you mentioned something, and I, I think this is, is uh, you know, was impactful last night. We traveled Tuesday uh, to Virginia Tech, played Wednesday night, didn't get home till 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we played at Atlanta, had a leave on Friday, played on Saturday, and that, that traveling takes a good bit out of you. And then, and then in the Georgia Tech game, we played so well for a long period of time. We ended up with a 19-point lead with about 10 minutes to go, and then they came roaring back. They did force a number of mistakes on our part. They got it to within six, and Charlie Moore fouled out. So, of course, the coaches were very concerned. What are we going to do without our quarterback? And uh, we put in Bensley Joseph. He ran the team beautifully for the last four minutes. We were able to take that six-point lead and push it back into double figures, and I believe we won by 11 points. Yep, 73-62. Now, I don't know. I know sometimes um, uh, maybe you'll uh, back away from a compliment, but I don't know if you heard Josh Pastner's comments. He spoke very eloquently about your career and said that Coach Laranega deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He mentioned you have won uh, at least 150 games at three different schools, and uh, I thought it was very complimentary uh, toward you, your program, and what you've been able to achieve not only in your career at Bowling Green and George Mason, but what you've done here at the University of Miami. He well, has you in the Hall of Fame. Well, Joe, here's the thing. Josh Pastner is, has always been very complimentary of coaches in our league. His dad was a coach, so he grew up in a coaching family. He knows how difficult it is to survive in this business. He knows how difficult recruiting is. He knows how difficult the competition is at this level. When you think about the ACC, there was one time in our league not long ago, we had four Hall of Fame coaches. Mike Krzyzewski, Jim Beheim, Roy Williams, Rick Pitino, competing against those guys night in and night out. And now you add, I think Tony Bennett will be in the Hall of Fame before too long. He's having a fantastic coaching career, both at Washington State and at UVA. And we have to face his team on Saturday at 5 o'clock. And his team, is they, their, their defense is recognized as one of the best defenses in the country. They call it the pack line. And the pack means they pack it in. They don't let you get anything inside. you got to beat them from the outside. They do a great job of contesting that. They also run a very specific offense called circular circle motion. And, and 
when you have coaches in your league, as Josh Pastner has indicated, so many terrific coaches that you're facing. Uh, Leonard Hamilton, how about the job Leonard has done in building Florida State? These guys are hugely successful at their profession. And I just appreciate Josh Pastner, the son of a coach, recognizing anything that we've done at Miami or anything I've done in my career. But a lot of that success, any success I've enjoyed, really is the the result of my assistants do a great job of recruiting and getting us good players because good players are the ones that win the game. Well, you are knocking on the door. I know you don't like to go down this road, but you're knocking on the door of 700 career wins. Uh, there aren't many guys in front of you, by the way. A uh, few guys by the name of Shashevsky, Bayheim, Fog Allen. Fog, I think Fog Allen did pretty well for himself. Uh, John Chaney, uh, Ray Meyer. <laughs> so <laughs> you are you are right there with some of the all time greats as you knock on the door of 700 wins. Well, Joe, more important to me right now is getting the next win and getting one step closer to becoming the winningest coach in the University of Miami history. Our basketball program over the last 11 seasons has put us in a position that I believe with five more wins, I would become the winningest coach in school history. And my assistant coaches, as I've said, have done a great job to put us in that position. I give a lot of credit to Chris Caputo, my associate head coach, who's been with me for 20 years. He's been a part of a lot of those wins and all the wins at Miami. That's a young man who should be a head coach. He's proven to be an outstanding tactician, a great strategist. He's been our scout team coordinator, our defense coordinator, he knows more about offense than, than, than I do. And he's always bringing new stuff to me and, and talking X's and O's of what's going on in the NBA and what's going on in other programs. So I think some very bright athletic director would be very, very wise to give, give Chris Caputo a shot at running his own program because I think he'll do an outstanding job. And then Bill Courtney has been with me for 12 years both at, at Bowling Green and George Mason before becoming uh, uh, his second uh, round of games with me at Miami. Bill, for 12 years, he's, he's like part of my family. He's been a great assistant coach, and uh, he's helped us get these four recruits that are, I think, as, as our recruiting class in the top 15 in the country. So when you're surrounded by good people uh, and good players, uh, it's, it's very natural that success will follow. So I'm very grateful. And thank you, Joe, for just mentioning it. Okay, we're going to talk more about Virginia. Uh, we need to take a commercial break, and then we'll come back with uh, Coach Laranega, talk about Miami and Virginia. One more segment to go with Coach L. Canes will play Virginia on Saturday afternoon. You can hear the game right here on WQAM. We begin our coverage at 4.30. More with Coach L right after this. Let me talk to you for a moment about Williamson Buick GMC. And if you... Uh, haven't heard, here's what you've been missing at Williamson Buick GMC. First of all, 
I don't know that there's a greater basketball fan, greater University of Miami basketball fan than Ed Williamson and his lovely wife, Carol. If you go into the dealership, you will find an absolutely immaculate, spectacular dealership, and both of them will be there to greet you. And right now, at Williamson Buick GMC, you can choose from the GMC Yukon. The the Yukon has been coined as the boldest and most impressive Yukon ever of all time. Or the GMC Sierra. Now, the Sierra is made up of top-level engineering and capability. That's the new rule for the Sierra. And then for your adventures, 2022 is the year of adventure. And there is nothing like the power and innovation and the engineering that is built for your adventures inside the GMC Canyon. So don't miss any of these deals any longer. You can check them all out online at WilliamsonAutomotiveGroup.com or visit their state-of-the-art facility Easy to find, US 1 and 104th Street, just south of the Palmetto Expressway. I promise you, you will never be disappointed at Williamson Buick GMC, your premier luxury dealership. Williamson is Miami. Okay, welcome back to the Hurricane Hotline with University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. Miami and Virginia on Saturday. Coach, I'm watching Georgetown and St. John's an old-time Big East matchup, and, and they're playing on campus at Georgetown, I think. Yeah, it looks like an old gym. That they they normally play at, at the, right. what used to be called the Cap Center. Now it's the yeah. Verizon Center in downtown D.C., actually the site of our uh, George Mason win over Connecticut in the Elite Eight, taking George Mason to the Final Four. Yeah. That never happens now I in know. Big East play. Yeah, they're playing uh, – on campus, this is wild. Uh, Georgetown's having a tough time. They're getting hammered by St. John's. Hey, UCLA and Arizona played tonight. At, at, uh, when we get done with the show, UCLA has to go to Arizona. That's a, a rematch of last week's game. This is what's great about February. Uh, all the big games are played in February. Well, there's so many great ACC games. You know, I, I watched yeah. uh, on on Monday night and Tuesday night some incredible games, Joe. And, you know, what disappoints me is the ACC is not getting the respect that it deserves. I think, you know, you you look at the players who've come out of this league. They act like, oh, the, the, the league is not very good. Yeah, well, take a look at the, the players that are in the league. Last year, for example, we're getting ready to play the University of Virginia. Their three front court players, the starting three, four, and five men, are all in the NBA now. Trey, right. Trey Murphy, I think he was even a first-round draft pick. Jay Huff, and uh, the leading scorer—I can't think of his right name right now—the uh, shooter. Do you remember? Oh. For for Virginia? Yeah. Yeah, it'll come to me in a minute. Give me a second. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, the three of them are all in the NBA. This league right. is loaded with good players, loaded with talent, loaded with great coaches. And the, the, the media is acting like we're not that good because early when we're young and, and, and trying to put things together, we lost a couple of non-conference games maybe that uh, we shouldn't have lost or wouldn't lose now uh, now that we have guys who have, have uh, developed the bond and the chemistry. So I know this. We're a lot better right now than we were back in November, and that, that was proven – in, in the month of December and January. 
Are you thinking about Hauser? Sam Hauser? Yeah, Sam Hauser. Yeah, Hauser. That's who I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, Hauser. Um, so I would Jay agree. Huff, I... Sam Hauser, and Trey Murphy, all in the NBA, played at UVA. So you try to replace three NBA players early in the season. And now their front court is big, strong. Uh, Jaden Gardner, a transfer from East Carolina, has figured it out. Now he's one heck of a player, averaging like 17 points a game and killing. He's like automatic, 15 feet and in. And then you look around the, around the league, you know, Duke started out the season. They were number one in the country at one point. And they've lost two conference games to us in Florida State. So, you know, this is a deep and talented conference, always has been. Yeah, there was, a, there was a, I think, a study or maybe it was an opinion piece a couple years ago. And it said the toughest thing to do in sports was win a road game in the ACC, in ACC basketball. Win a road game in ACC basketball. And I still think it's true. Well, I think it's it's true around the country. It's just very hard to win on the road, and there's a lot of factors. You know, first, the the, the opponent is the factor. The second is the travel, and and not as familiar with the surroundings or the basketball. I don't know if fans know this, Joe, but everybody plays with a different basketball. They're not identical. Uh, you know, they, there's a Nike basketball, an Adidas basketball. There's a, a, a ball called the Rock, and uh, uh, there's a Wilson basketball, a Rollins basketball. There used to be a Baden basketball, but I think Baden has, has kind of fallen by the wayside. I haven't seen that in the league. But every time you go to a new arena, the balls bounce a little differently, and, and you have to make adjustments. That's why many years ago coaches started to get in the day before and practice at the site you were going to play in and, uh, you know, get used to the basketballs and the, the environment. I think another thing, Coach, about the ACC and some of the national perspective is um, a lot of these Raiders or the voters, whatever, they look at the standings this year and they see Miami, Notre Dame, and Wake Forest. And in particular, Wake Forest has had really struggled in the league probably the last five to seven years, but they, this is the new era of college basketball, right? Wake Forest, four of their five guys, I think four of their five starters uh, are transfers. And Steve Forbes is a good coach, but they've done a remarkable job. And I think it's hard for people around the country to come to grips with this is the new era of college basketball, that a team can go from the bottom to the top in one year. No, it's, I think it's very, very true what you said, and I think Wake Forest is a perfect example. The young man that starts at the point for them is the, the leading scorer and the leader in assist in the ACC, Alondis Williams, a 6'5 point guard, tremendously athletic. But he's a transfer student from Oklahoma. And, and those, those kind of guys, he's older, He's skillful. He's going to be in the NBA. And then they have Walton, who's a transfer student. LaRavia, who's a transfer student. They've got transfers that fit in perfectly in Steve Forbes' system. And they they were like 11-2 and two at one time. They're now, I think, are we tied with them, Joe? What's, what's the, the standings in the ACC? 
No, you're uh, you you're in second place right now uh, because you hold the tiebreaker over North Carolina and Wake Forest. Uh, yeah, so I guess Notre we're tied. Dame, guess you're tied Notre with Notre Dame. Dame. Tied with us. Right. Yeah. So oh, you're yeah, tied Wake with Notre Forest Dame. Is eight and four. We're eight and three. But Notre Dame is also eight and three. So you know. There's a lot of basketball still to be played, and who you play and where you play them has a lot to do with it. All right? And, and uh, we, we've had good success in, in uh, December and January, but, you know, when Sam Wardenberg sprained his ankle uh, last night, I was like, oh, my goodness. Man, why? We, we need him 100%. Yeah. Isaiah Wong sprained his ankle the day before and didn't practice. So uh, we have two starters who are nursing, I would call them minor injuries at this point, but they can develop into a real problem if they get aggravated. And we need Sam Wardenberg and Isaiah Wong at the top of their game to compete against the teams in our league. Well, we still have uh, – well – I think Sunday was six weeks away from selection. So we still have five weeks, six weeks of basketball to go. Uh, it's a long way to go. I know uh, trying to get to the inside that ACC tournament, it would be nice to be one of the top four teams to get that double bye, which right now you have. Do you, do you look at those things? Is it too early to talk to your team about uh, postseason stuff right now? Uh, for me, it is, Joe. Because, you know, first of all, uh, for these guys, they haven't been in this position before. And I don't want them looking ahead or looking behind. I really want them staying in the present. The way to win is to stay focused on your next opponent. And that's what we need to do. We have Virginia on Saturday. They've got a unique style of defense and offense. We need to be prepared and have a very good game plan and then execute the game plan. Uh, we, we, um, are very respectful of, of Tony Bennett and the job he's done. You know, two years ago, they won the national championship. Yep. Last year, they sent three guys to the NBA. I mean, they've got an outstanding basketball coach, staff, and program. And I spent seven years at the University of Virginia. I know what that place is like. There is tremendous support. That place uh, will be packed. Uh, John Paul Jones Arena seats 15,000 people. It's got every amenity you can think of. It's like an NBA arena, and uh, there'll be a lot of excitement uh, and electricity uh, Saturday night at 5 o'clock. I guarantee you that. Yeah, they're playing well. The band will be right to your, to your right, right on top of your huddle. Uh, it, will, it will be uh, very electric. As you mentioned, a 5 o'clock game, they're playing well. Uh, they know that you're you're coming in with a great record, so they're very much looking forward to this. You mentioned their defense; uh, it's always a struggle. They hold teams below sixty. Often, first one to sixty against Virginia wins. What is the key to breaking down uh, their pack line defense? Well, first of all, you, you have to understand that that size is a factor because they're going to try to put all their big people in the paint and make you shoot and beat them from the perimeter. And that's what teams who have beaten them have done. They've made a bunch of threes. Uh, they lost at Notre Dame, Notre Dame, outstanding three point shooting team. So um, it's, it's not 
like you can't get it inside. What you can't do is get it inside early in the possession because they pack it in. What you have to do and what we've done with some success this year is spread the defense out by passing it and moving it from one side of the floor to the other. So you start going to the right, then you go to the left and back to the right, and when you've moved their defense three times, you got a chance to get to the basket. And when you do, you've got to be under control and either draw the foul or kick it out for a three. If you don't do that, if you play too quickly, uh, then you can get a shot off, but it'll be a highly contested shot. And you don't make a lot of highly contested shots in this game. You make the open shots. At least our guys do. And uh, we have the ability, especially when Sam Wardenberg is at the top of his game, of, of throwing the ball to a big guy and taking one of their big guys away from the basket. And when Jordan Miller is at the top of his game, then we can take both big guys away from the basket. But they don't like their big guys going away from the hoop. I can tell you that. And when they do, they like to put tremendous pressure on the ball handler. So uh, the first thing we're going to have to do is try to beat the defense down the floor, hopefully force some turnovers. That's where we've been successful. That's why we lost last night. We could not turn uh, Notre Dame over. Uh, Last night, uh, Notre Dame was handling the ball extremely well. Uh, they en- they ended up the game with only six turnovers. We had only six turnovers, and and neither team shot a, a bunch of free throws. They were four for six, and we were four for six. So yep. against Virginia, you either have to make a bunch of threes or get to the foul line. And for us, we've got to add, we've got to get turnovers so that we can get into the open court. They are uh, they're an interesting collection, and they're starting to come together. Kihei Clark has been there forever. He's had three straight double-figure games. It's going to be his 116th career game. Gardner is a transfer from Wake Forest. It's going to be his 102nd start. Beekman was uh, Mr. Basketball in uh, Louisiana. He has 48, uh, 43 starts under his belt. Uh, Franklin, who's uh, built like a Mack truck, He's a transfer from Indiana, his 77th career game. Then we've mentioned uh, Cafaro and uh, the other big guy, Shedrick. Uh, what problems do they present with their offense? Well, first, let's talk about, uh, about Gardner. Uh, because in Gardner, he's a transfer, Joe, not to correct you, but he's from East Carolina. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we recruited him. <laughs> I, I, yeah. We loved him. He is a kid who is powerful. He's averaging, I said, I think 17. It's really right around 14, 15 a game. But the way, way Virginia plays, uh, there's, the possessions are very long. Uh, they keep you on defense a long time because they run their offense a long time. And because of circle motion, they're constantly in movement. And they have two guys, Gardner, and Shedrick or Gardner and Cafaro setting multiple screens uh, for Franklin, Beekman, and Kihei Clark. And so our guys, that's why energy is so important, defensive pressure, forcing turnovers is so important. 
but they're going to keep you running around in circles. It's called circle motion for a reason, Joe. <laughs> they they run around in circles, and you got to chase them. You can't let them get separation because they're so good then at creating a shot for themselves or their big guy. Do you know the expression pocket pass? Yes. So I don't know how many of our listening audience know what a pocket pass is, but tomorrow night, Joe, if you see uh, Saturday, Joe, if you see Virginia successfully complete a lot of pocket passes, they're going to be scoring right at the rim. Because what a pocket pass is, is a offensive player, normally a guard, running off of a screener, and when the screener's man comes to help, you throw the, the, the guard throws a pocket pass to the man going the screener going to the basket. So there's only a small pocket between our two defenders and the offensive player rolling to the basket. And if they throw a successful pocket pass, the guy normally gets an easy shot. And we've got to try to prevent that pocket pass. And the only way you do that is that they're running around in circles. You're running right with them, step for step. Don't get separated, because as soon as there's separation, you're gonna we're gonna give you help, and then they'll throw the pocket pass and they get the layup. And the teams that have beaten Virginia have done a great job of staying in contact, actually packing the paint and trying to make Virginia beat you from three point land. Because as good as Virginia is, offensively and defensively, their their weakness is not in that they don't shoot threes a high percentage. They're very, very good in in making a good percentage. They just don't shoot a lot of them. Mm-hmm. They're not a team that relies very heavily on the three. They're 219th, and, and that's going to be a key area at, when you're announcing the game. Uh, you know, is Miami able – uh, to keep Virginia out of the paint and contest their three-point shots. All right, Coach, you laid it out pretty well. Got a big one coming up on Saturday. Uh, another big week of University of Miami basketball. Thank you for being with us. Lonnie Walker, by the way, is playing tonight against the Heat for San Antonio. Yeah, I'm going to turn that on, and then I'm going to watch my son and his Los Angeles Clippers. They play at 10 o'clock tonight. All right, very good. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow uh, as we get ready to get on the bus. Okay, Joe. Okay, thank you. That's University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega, Miami and Virginia on Saturday. We'll take a break and come back right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.